than I could wish you Merry Christmas. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast partner in crime is the one and the only... It's the most nerdiest time of the of year. The year. The bats are all batting and Catwoman's catting and everywhere's. Travis Rats here. Oh, thanks, Travis Rats. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you can't tell, I am rocking what might be the best, graveliest, deepest radio voice of all time for this episode of the Comic Exposure. On Comic Exposure, we like to talk about comic books. If like you need to, I, you might have to adjust. Your volume, it might be, it might just be too low and you can't hear me, but uh, we are talking comics today. This wonderful variant episode, the third annual comic book Christmas list, Travis Rats. We're talking about what we want, rolled up tight, crammed, crammed right in our stockings. Yep, just jam it in there. We're talking, we're talking singles, we're talking trades. You know what? I might even throw box a whole sets. long box up there. Whole long whole, box just crammed whole, right into my stocking. Whole, stocking. A whole box set just slam dunked in there. <laughs> so on this oh. episode, on this episode, this yearly tradition, Travis and I talk about what wonderful things we what nerdy things we'd want for Christmas that no one buys us. That's right. that we make our list of like if we could have just comic books for Christmas. This is what we'd ask for. Well, uh, uh, nerdy things, nerdy things. Nerdy, nerdy mine things. isn't all uh, comics. Yours is not all comic books. Some nerdy things in there. Uh, we reached out to some Twitter folks. I've got some some Twitter peoples uh, with their comic book Christmas list entails. I even asked Gabby what nerdy things she wants shoved right in her stocking. Gabby being your wife for new listeners. Yeah, yeah, Gabby, you know, Gabby, Stanley Gabby says every comic is someone's first comic. I say every comic exposure podcast is someone's last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> someone's last episode of comic exposure. Uh, so once we're done with comic book Christmas, we are talking Punisher. Right? If you survive that long. If your cold yeah, survives yeah. that if, long. If my, if my voice holds out this long. I, got, I have hot chocolate. I don't have tea. I don't think hot chocolate's going to work, but... I'm going to drink it anyway. That is like the elf version of medicine. Just put some, rub some yeah. hot chocolate on that. Rub, rub some hot chocolate on it. It's the Christmas season. <laughs> so, Travis, let's, let's, let's like open up our stockings. Mm-hmm. Let's like get them nice and gaping. Yep. And, and All right, Josh, I'm going to say this. I don't think this is the political climate <laughs> to be jamming stuff in our stockings this year. What? But I, I, let me clear something up. This is a consensual jamming of stockings, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I am saying it's okay. Yes. For you to roll up that co- <laughs> issue of Spider Man number two and just mm, ram that right into my stocking, and I think you, Josh, are down for some stocking jamming as well. Okay? I, my my stocking is ready. <laughs> we have this on the <laughs> so we have this on the let's record. let's get into our comic book Christmas list. Uh, Travis Rats, do you want to start this thing off? Tit for tat. Tit for tat. Your first thing. Did I lose you there, buddy? I think nope. I lost you for a second. But you're back. Um, so uh, the first thing on my uh, so let me let me preface this by yeah I try to make most of my things on my list things in general that I think I, I find that if you are a nerd or you are the significant other mother father sister of a nerd Christmas can be a hard time because you might say. Oh, I know Josh is in the comics and sci-fi, but I'm not. I don't know what to get him. Like, I don't know like what to yeah. stuff in his stocking. So I try to make most of my list uh, things that I want, but that in a bigger sense could be things that uh, you could get your nerdy loved one or family member. Except for, like, one. There might be one on the list which is very specific to me. All right, so for my first one thing. One thing only for your stocking. One thing, wouldn't that be something? Is that like a all-for-one song? All I do, Saints? I, all Saints? 98, 98 degrees. 98 degrees Celsius. Celsius. Um, so the first thing is um, DC releases these beautiful hard 
bound copies of trades and omnibuses, and they're called absolute editions. You've heard of these, right, Josh? I certainly have. Yep. And if you have not heard of these, these are beautifully bound collections of comics. Sometimes they're a whole run. Sometimes they're just a um, like a select series from a really uh, popular storyline in like Batman or like Wonder Woman. And they put them in this beautifully bound hardcover book. It's like 8 by 12, I want to say. It's a little bit bigger. They have mm-hmm. the built-in uh, bookmark in there. There's all kinds of extras, like sketches and introductions. I, I, love, I love sketches. In them. You, this, it, sometimes it feels like filler, but I love them. Oh, yeah. Love- oh, yes, exactly. And it's it's a really good it's, – it's not a book that you, you stick in the closet. It's one that – takes primo place on your shelf you know and they're not you said it you said it you just set it out on the coffee table for everybody to look at it exactly just thumb just thumb through your book they're like this is comics you're like this is comics you know yeah it's like a it's like having an original edition of walt Walt whitman's leaves of grass just sitting on your coffee table (laughs) here's what i don't want do not put it in the toilet do if i go into someone's house no and they have an absolute edition sitting on their shitter mmm Uh, And so uh, they have a lot of these Absolute Editions now, and you can kind of go in and cherry pick what your uh, family member is really into, as long as it's DC. You know, Marvel has their kind of own equivalent, but DC does a really good job of that. It's not a cheap book, but I think around the holidays you can get them on on deals. And the Absolute Edition that I really want is the Batman Long Halloween. Uh, I, I love that this made your list for Christmas. Uh, there is a little Christmas part in it, so I'm, I'm totally there is, cool. There's that Joker cool. bit with the Christmas. It's the whole calendar, man. It's the whole yeah. calendar. I love, I love, I love my calendar, girl. Also, Neil Sedaka. Side note, on my stocking list. Just jam some Neil Sedaka, you know? He seems, right he seems all about jamming because most of his songs are about, like, uh, uh, hooking up with, like, prepudescent teenagers. Um, you should so. run for Senate in Alabama. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> and that's political cartooning by Josh Buckley. Um, so yeah, I the say absolute edition. Yeah. We, you have you have the regular edition. I do. What make what makes you want the absolute edition that much more? And this is the thing about nerds. There are a couple things where I'm like, I've gotten that in singles, but you know what I want? I want it all together. Yep. And so here's, what, here's what my makes reason. you want the absolute edition? One, it's it's probably as of right now my favorite Batman run. I love the art. Okay. I want to see those sketches. Um, I want to have it on display. And number two is Long Halloween is a book that is currently out of my bookshelf. I've lent it out twice since we've read it. Um, and you know, so it's it's one that is constantly circulating. If someone says I like Batman, and then I say, "Have you read the Long Halloween?" They say no. I hand them the trade, so I never have it available for yeah. my own consumption. And so it's something that I probably wouldn't, you know, go back to, um, you know, like every month. Like, gotta read that Long Halloween. But it is, it is for me. It is a a tentpole book. In not only comics for me, but in Batman. So, jam that shit in my stocking. Put it right in your stocking. All right. So you wait before you move list. on. Do you have any? Yeah. Uh, I know you don't have any absolutes on your uh, stocking list. So, what would be? Is there an absolute out there that you've had your eye on? Um, I've got a library edition on my list. So, mm-hmm. okay. uh, you know what I'd really like? Sometimes they do the artist edition, so they like the oversized, uh, and it's got like the black and whites in it. There's a couple like. Uh, there's a Chris Sam, uh, Chris Somney Daredevil. Mm-hmm. That's the artist edition. So it's the oversized. It comes like the same size that the board is on that they draw, mm-hmm. and it's like all the uh, inks and all the fresh lines on it. That would be rad. Those are like a hundred and twenty hundred. Oh, I know bucks, those though. are pricey. It's a pricey. Those, those, those suckers are pricey. That so doesn't go I'm in your my... stocking. That gets wrapped delicately yeah. and placed underneath yeah. the tree. It does. My stocking can't. My stocking can't take that. So, uh, <laughs> on on my list, on my list, the first thing on my list, I was going through, and here's how I approached my my comic book Christmas list. I approached it as like something I probably wouldn't buy myself, right? Uh, but something that I want. Um, and when I made my list, most of the stuff is like, yeah, that's stuff I want. I don't know if I'd go out and get it. This one, the number one on my list, is something I probably wouldn't buy myself, but would love. If it were 
gently squoze into my stocking. Oh, it's uh, fragile. I, Fragile-y, as they say. Yeah. Yeah, I want the I want Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind uh by uh Hayao Miyazaki, right? So, uh I am quite surprised both you and I have a piece of manga in our comic book Christmas list this year. Uh for two gentlemen who are not very manga savvy. Uh but on my list, I've got Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind, uh the box set, the whole thing, omnibus all together. Um I don't know, Travis, you, you've probably seen Miyazaki films before, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. yeah, so have you seen Nausicaa in the Valley of the nope. Wind? It's super sci-fi, giant bugs, uh, pollution is ruining the world, that sort of thing. And uh, I, it just, it's super pretty. I just yeah. want to stare at the art and love it. Uh, and so this made my list because I've, I've never, I've never read any of his stuff, but I do, I do really love the films that he's, that he's done. Uh, and so I'd like to see the source of it, right? I'd like to see, uh, this manga, um, and just, just flip through the pages and look at the beautiful monsters that are in there. Cause that's the kind of stuff that I, I dig. So that made my list, uh, Nasuka in the Valley of the Wind by Hayao uh, Miyazaki. So what's next on your list, buddy? Well, what you got? What's, for that one, too, it's like one of those things where you have, if you get a lot of something, it's it's not something that you'd go out and buy. We've had this issue, right. uh, um, well, um, for yourself, and it's not something you probably consume all at once either. So it's one right. of those things where it's hard to go out and buy for yourself because you're like, I'm not going to sit down and just read this in a weekend, but I'd, I'd yeah. like to have it when I get in the mood. When you get in that manga mood, yeah, yeah, yeah. To totally just dive in it. Uh and then the art just looks so damn good, man. It looks it like it looks so good. So, uh it's it's on my comic book Christmas list. What's next on your list? You're an art man. You know, some like, I am an art man. You know, not a Bartman, not to be confused with no. the Bartman. No. But, but an art man. I can't do the Bartman. You can, can do the Batman? Push push comes to show. <laughs> I'll do the Bartman. Sir, can your hands get to all right now? I will shoot you, sir, unless you do the Bartman. Everybody, uh, if you can't do the Bartman, Bartman, everybody shake it down to the Bartman. The Bartman. All right, so I'm going to go with uh, my next comic book. I'll, I'll, I'll go, you know what? You throw a manga at me, I'll throw yeah. a manga at you. You know what I'm saying? You throw right back at me, buddy. You throw uh, it back at this me. This is one that's very particular to me. This is one that, um, unless your significant nerd is into history, uh, I don't know if it plays across the board, but... You know, I live in uh, uh, Hiroshima, uh, about 20, mi- 20 miles from Hiroshima. Been there min- many, many times. Um, I'm, I've read the book, uh, Hiroshima, the, you know, that you have to read in high school. I know about the history of it. I've been to the very, very depressing museums and all those places. Yeah. But uh, I am a comic book fan, and there is a famous... Um, uh, graphic novel called Barefoot Gen Volume 1, a cartoon story of uh, Hiroshima. And it's actually told from a survivor's, uh, the the guy who uh, uh, was there, survived it, and this is his story in graphic novel manga form. And so I thought that would be, I'm like, wow, I'm like, I love comics. I'm 20, 20 minutes away from Hiroshima. Why don't I have this uh, trade let me tell you it is phenomenal you've read it uh, oh yeah I, I used to use it in my uh in my history class i used to have my kids read part of it um so volumes one and two are a must you've got to get volume one kind of ends right when the bomb hits mm-hmm. so volume two is the is the volume uh it's so essentially like it's not his exact story, but he takes his experience from it and writes this long form uh manga about it. Um, it's like Speed Racer, but everybody's skin is falling off oh, because God. they were just yeah, yeah. they were just in a nuclear explosion. Oh. It is it's so good, dude. I love it. It's one of my it's one of my favorite like it's one of my favorite comic books. It is really good. Well, they have it at the Peace Park, but it's in Japanese. I think they might have an English version there, and I love to buy it there just to give the money back to the park. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's those things can be tough to read, you know. Um, but there's a bunch of history trades and comics that can be used in the classroom or you can learn the whole history of the world just through comics there's pretty much a comic on just every historical event out there 
Yeah, I I used that one and mouse in my history mm, class. So yeah, my yeah. kids would read part of mouse and they'd read part of uh, of uh, Barefoot Jen. Uh, great book, great. Book. I'm uh, I am currently saving up money to buy a classroom set of the Flintstones Volume One to teach satire to I, my I AP Comp students. I love it. I love well, it. Isn't that a great? <laughs> isn't that a great comic to teach satire with? Oh, it's such such satire, such yeah. satire. Um, so next on. Oh my wait, wait, wait. List. Sorry, I forgot. Oh. So I want yeah. you to just I want you to take that manga, yeah. yeah, roll it up, put a ribbon around it, something nice, classy, yeah. not a lot of glitter. I don't want to have a lot of cleanup, and just <laughs> right up in my stocking, right up in your stocking. Uh, let's see. Um, next on my list, I have got. There's a couple things that 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 I put on my list, uh, and I told you I have one sort of like library edition in mind. Uh, the library edition of Hellboy in Hell is in my list. Mm. So, uh, Hellboy in Hell uh, by um, uh, Mike Mignola. Um, it's the library edition, so it's both volume one and volume two of uh, Hellboy and Hell. I actually only read probably the first six issues of it, so mm. I didn't finish the whole the whole run of Hellboy in Hell. Uh, but it is like Mignola at his bare minimum art style. Like he, those six issues are so sparse, and he only draws mm. what he needs. And it's it's like pinnacle of his sort of style and this apex laziness. of what he's doing. Laziness. It might be laziness, but it's beautiful <laughs> laziness. It's beautiful laziness. So I'd like to have like the oversized uh, library edition of it, uh, of both volumes. I've never read the second volume of it, uh, and it's like a nice hard cover. Uh, the the cover on it is really you know like this fancy looking inlay, and mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, I do love some Hellboy. Uh, we've read Hellboy in here before. Um, there's just something. It's like one of the coolest, iconic, most like inventive modern comic book characters yeah um and, and so monster this, stories yeah and this story of him going to hell is just kind of like a fun like a weird sort of send-off to, to hellboy so um, hellboy in hell yeah and there's like you have to listen to like death metal while you read it i think like norwegian death metal black death metal is the only way you can do it and when your uh, wife comes in and asks you what you're reading you get to be like hellboy in hell I think it's got to be a little more power metal. It's like, Hellboy in hell! Hellboy in hell! I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, like some chainsaws in the background, like <laughs> Jackal. Yeah. <laughs> so, Hellboy in Hell like by Jackal. Mike Mignola. Dude, I'm a lumberjacker, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the Jackal fans out there. A couple, like A handful of people are going to Oh, be hold like, on. I'm scared. Yes! I'm getting an email here. It says that uh, congratulations, you were the first podcast to make a jackal reference. Here is your gift certificate <laughs> and free tickets to a Molly Hatchet show. Cool. What's really weird? What's really weird is that somehow someone got this live. I don't know how it happened, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they tapped into my stream. So, uh, what's next on your list, buddy? What do you got? All right. So um, lately. Um, you know when you when you do a comic book podcast and you're constantly reading and thinking about comics, uh, you, you have your ebbs and flows. We've been doing this for three over three years now, and yeah. so like sometimes you get really into it and start consuming a lot and want a lot more. And other times you're just like, okay, let me get my comic, read it for the week, and I want to discuss it. Uh, I'm in one of those uh, renaissance of like really appreciating the art form of comics and lately i've been thinking about i've been watching experts like people who know a lot about one thing you know um and like like on the pawn shop place where they call in the one guy yeah like, exactly I, I i know a guy he knows about 18th century stamps let me exactly. call him and break I, I couldn't have said it better <laughs> Um, yeah, or like in Comic Book Man, where they bring in the guy who's like, yeah, yeah, I actually am a brony expert. I know everything. This is a 1982 <laughs> brony. Um, so, yeah, exactly like that. And I'm like, well, am I like, I know, you know, you know I teach literature and stuff like that. But, like, I, what am I not an expert in anything? And I go, what's the closest? Like, I, I would say, like, 1990s pop punk. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not an expert in comics, but I'd like to because I, I people 
come to me like, oh, you have a comic book podcast, this and this and this. I'd like to know more about the medium that's given me back so much. I read a couple of books on comics, Marvel's um, Marvelous Marvel, the one about like Stanley. It takes you through all of Marvel and all the writers. Was a really and good everybody one. who Stanley dicked over. Oh yeah, right? it's it. He does not come <laughs> off well in that book, um, but I think he comes off like. Authentic. I think that is the Stanley that uh, exists. Um, yeah. And there's been one that's been circling on my radar. It's like a 2011 book. It's called The Ten Cent Plague, The Great Comic Book Scare, and How It Changed America. Uh, I'll say that again. The Ten Cent Plague, The Comic Book Scare, and How It Changed America. Um, and so, it, you know, it talks about, you know, comics and their influence in the 1960s and, of course, censorship. But uh, apparently it's really about... Um, this how comics are this balance of of high and low brow art, which I've always, yeah. I, which really kind of sums up what I think I love about comics is that that really kind of sense of sometimes highbrow storytelling and like what people consider lowbrow art or really highbrow art. Like art, this could be in a museum yeah. with like really lowbrow storytelling, you know? And I really like that mix and I would like someone smarter than me to take me through that, you know? So yeah. I think that would be a good one to kind of sharpen my comic book knowledge sword. And once that sword is nice and, sword is nice and sharp... Just go ahead and take that and just jam that right, right in its stock. I think there's a Cannibal Corpse song about that. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> That's my my dryer's done. <laughs> so uh, I want to I'm going to take a, a, a station break and let's uh, check in with Twitter. One of our Twitter pals uh, at Brent Jackson, who's been on the show before, uh, tweeted us his comic book Christmas list, and he put two things on his list. He's got Grant Morrison. And uh, Dan Mora's Klaus, the hardcover version of uh, that retelling of the Santa Claus story, is on his Christmas list. Plus, the hardcover of Godzilla and the Half Century War. Brent Jackson, a man after my own kaiju heart. Yeah, he is a monster man. Those two on there. Uh, At Really Famous, who was also on our show before, uh, podcast fan, said that she wants the the headlopper trade slam dunked mm, right mm, in her stocking that, mm. that, that's what she's asked to have in there i think these uh, then, people are hitting on you josh maybe and, and, and then all your all your favorites they are they're like what would josh like this voice right here is just <clears throat> give me well there we go there we go and then uh our pal uh well where did i where did he show i just lost it man i'm gonna find it so i'm gonna come back to our last our last another one more twitter one came at us but so in my comic book christmas let's let's go let's go back to my list travis Mm -hmm. you ready for this on my list i've got okay so uh every once in a while i i like uh we do a lot of like volume ones on here uh but i do love when we get to do like just a graphic novel right like a straight up story uh, beginning, middle, and end—a good, a good one that that we can do, and and one that I that I came across, and I'm like, oh, I should get that. Um, is called uh, Hostage, and it's by uh, Guy Delisle, I think. I don't know how to say his last name. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's it. And what it is, it's a it's a story about a doctor without borders, uh, Christopher Andre, who was kidnapped and uh, held hostage in like the Caucasus Mountains. Uh, for like three months and it's like this guy's uh, it's a biography about this guy and what he went through and the psychological effects of like uh, solitary confinement in the middle of sort of like uh, the when we were in the uh, Dodgers to the Borders in uh, sort of like Yugoslavia and stuff like that when when, mm-hmm. when the Balkan region the Caucasus were going on uh, so I thought that would be a that's kind of a cool one the art looks really good uh, it's out on drawn and quarterly um, and I really like the idea of like uh, listening to something that's a, or, uh, reading something that's kind of exploring this sort of like very personal story of being like kidnapped and held hostage and this this solitariness that comes with it that I think uh, a comic book can do really interestingly. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like cause you get to play with the medium of uh, visuals um, that you don't get to do when you just read it. So I'm, I'm interested in that one that that made my list as a book that would be, you know, uh, something that that I've seen uh, that I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. And but I, it's again, something that I don't I don't always grab for myself. And so I thought that'd be a good addition for the comic book Christmas list. How has that um, been received uh, critically? Uh, it's, a, it's actually on a couple of like the best of lists. Uh, so. 
It looks like it's supposed to be really good. It's uh, uh, drawn and quarterly always puts out really good stuff. But I think this made uh, the best of lists for this year. So um, it looks uh, like it's pretty... It's pretty simplistic art style, but um, that's the kind of stuff that I really dig when you get to do like something very simple for like a very serious sort of story. Um, so uh, it's supposed to be really good. So I thought that would be a good one to make my list. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I hope someone gets it for you to support those support those guys over there. Right. <laughs> All right, so um, moving on to my list. Uh, now we're moving into the um, non-comics but nerdy section of my list that I think would be good for if you're buying something special for the holiday season for your favorite nerd is um, podcast T-shirts. Um I listen to All a right. I listen to a lot of podcasts, okay? And most podcasts have t-shirts for sale. And these t-shirts go to support it goes to the, the directly to the guy's pockets for the most part, you know. Um and so I went this Christmas and I ordered a couple of uh podcast shirts directly from the site. I ordered an iFanboy iFanboy to support those guys. Right. I ordered a Comedy Bang Bang to support those guys over there. And I realized like I don't wear t-shirts a lot anymore. Um, usually like to the gym or running or if it's like a casual, if I'm just going out to like the grocery store, throw on a t-shirt, yeah. put on a jacket over or whatever it is. So I don't really, it's not like I need a designer shirt. So if I am going to buy a shirt, like let's just, let's put the money in the pockets yeah. of us poor podcasters. And you have like, usually you're not going to go out and see a million people with that shirt. It's not like you're buying a Superman shirt. Yeah. At the same yeah. time. And it's kind of a way of like saying, like, hey, I support these guys. I'm wearing their gear. And some of these people have really cool designs on their uh, podcast shirts. So it's I do kind like of like the a... iFanboy. I do like the iFanboy if one were Electro shirt. That, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, on yeah, my, yeah. that's on my list of things that I would get. Uh, speaking of T-shirts, Travis, speaking mm-hmm. of T-shirts, uh, I do believe that we, Comic mm-hmm. Exposure, will finally mm-hmm. be having T-shirts for the masses that's right. Up online, so uh, we're working on. Uh, we've got our classic, uh, our classic logo, the two blocks comic exposure logo mm-hmm. that we're going to put up. Uh, and then I think I'm, I'm I've got to get a higher res of it, but I think I'm going to do the cartoon of us, the two cartoon uses would make a good would make a good shirt i think oh absolutely that's what i was thinking too um and we can uh right now we're just trying to re resize the images we have a uh a shop on threadless uh with a uh an artist shop there so we will when we have that ready i'm guessing probably even by next podcast we'll give you the um the url on that and we'll put on our site so you can click directly on that by and support the podcast with a comic exposure shirt. And who knows? Maybe even a coffee mug. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Sky's the limit. I think I think I want a coffee mug. I know. It's just us buying our products, paying. Like, oh, buy that. So uh, one more from our, uh, from our listeners. Uh, at Friggins, our, our pal Fred on Twitter, uh, said what he wants is he wants the large hardcover Tokyo Ghost. So both volumes mm. in it. That was on uh, mine nice, last year. Yeah, oversized hardcover Tokyo Ghost. He said. Uh, he says, but I couldn't wait and ended up ordering it myself. I don't <laughs> think that's how Christmas works. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know what? Sometimes you have to cram stuff in your own stocking. Sometimes you have to like. If someone's not going to do it for you, sometimes you just got to cram it up your own stocking. Listen, that's fine. Uh, being in Japan, I I have to cram a lot of stuff up my own stocking. <laughs> It's a lonely life. It's a lonely in a in a country with billions of people. (laughs) I live the Shogun way, the warrior way, Ronan. I understand. I understand. You are the magnificent seven, (laughs) just yourself. Uh, So next on next on my list, uh, I kept mine. uh, I kept mine pretty um, uh, pretty straight up comic book. My next thing on my list is Volcano Trash by Ben Sears. Volcano Uh, Trash. Volcano Trash. Uh, ben Sears is an indie comic artist. Uh, I've got a couple of his uh, little books that he's done, um, and uh, I actually have uh, an original piece of his in our bathroom, like our comic book bathroom. has a bunch of uh, oh, prints nice. and arts and stuff I've got up in it. Uh, he was uh, doing um, 
like drawings for the No Dakota Access Pipeline, like when all, when that was going on. He was uh, taking donations for that, and then he was doing uh, stuff for it. Cool. So I, I took one of those, uh, I, and so I've got a little drawing of his in, in our bathroom and our wall of art. Um, and I've got another one of his books I really like. It's very cartoony. Uh, Volcano Trash looks like a kind of a fun adventure story. Uh, it's very super indie, and I always love to support like uh, some, some very indie artists. So uh, Ben Sears Volcano. Um, it's like, a, a so it's a future, um, robot cops and, uh, a dude and just kind of adventure storytelling. So, uh, just kind of a fun, rompy, uh, indie comic. So, uh, I, I really dig his art. It's kind of this, uh, very blocky kind of. Um, I don't know. It's very cartooning and I, I really dig it. So, uh, that made my list. I really like that one. Um, so I've got one of his other books, but then I thought, you know what, uh, this is one that I want to support, but, uh, I thought I'd, I'd give him a shout out on the show and volcano trash by Ben Sears makes my hashtag comical Christmas list. Um, you know, when I was seven, I was living in the Philippines and Mount Penatubo erupted and we had to like, that's how we'd evacuate the Philippines. We just, one morning the sirens going off, we flew out. Yeah. And since that day, you know, for years, people at school would call me volcano trash. You know, it was <laughs> it was it was it was it really meant damage my psyche. I come to school like, hey, watch it, volcano trash, and I'm like, ah, guys, come on, you hurt my feelings. Yeah. You were the new kid at a, at this high school because of a volcano erupted, and so you were like the new kid on the block. Yeah, they yeah, used to, yeah. they used to make lava sounds at me when I walked through the hallway. Can I can I have you make a lava sound for me? <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> and they just made that noise when you're walking down the hallway. No, sometimes when I was studying in class, the kid behind me who was always like always looked like some amalgamation from the bully from the uh, uh, Encino story? Man, Encino okay. Man, and then the Christmas Story. Yeah, he'd he lean in eyes. and just go. <laughs> <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> so I, like to, I, I want you to take that and just erupt that right into your stocking. Yeah, I'd your like stocking that. Like is that. just erupting with comics at this point. It is. It, it's essentially it's like uh, it's boiling over with comic comic vittles. Uh, so <laughs> what's next? On your, what's next on your list? <laughs> comic vittles. Yeah. Oh God. That's a great name for a podcast. Can we just call ourselves Comic Vittles from now on? I, I think we got think, a new T-shirt. I think we got a new think, T-shirt. I think we do. Comic we Vittles. Do. We need to make a stocking. Just put stuff shoved in it. Just <laughs> shoved in it. <laughs> oh my god! I feel like I feel like we're gonna have like eight new designs up in a week because Josh is gonna be just <sighs> sweating over his, you know, furiously, furiously <laughs> drawing. All right, and my um, next one is, I'm, I'm, I think this is. Uh, a good, if you are the wife of a nerd, again, I've said this a lot of times, you know nothing about comic books, here's a pretty safe bet where they can get some enjoyment out of it. They have uh, Comic-Con as their own channel, Comic-Con headquarters, uh, where you can get a subscription, and they have their own original programming, and they've curated a bunch of fantasy sci-fi movies on there. The probably easiest way to get it, it's like an Amazon premium channel. It's oh, ten day right. ten day free trial, four ninety nine a month after that. A year subscription to comic book um Comic Con headquarters channel. Here you get like all like the interviews, the archival interviews from Comic Con, you know, you can hear like Josh Whedon talk about all his Josh Whedon stuff and uh also comic very book artists. Yes, very it's all quippy. very quippy. <laughs> You can have Josh Whedon stuffed in your stocking. Um, they have original TV shows like Comic-Con Man. They actually have a really kind of cool – I don't have the subscription. I just kind of looked at looked at some of the things that are available. They have a really kind of cool curated section of documentaries that are uh-huh. like like really old and specific, like one about Space Invaders and Burning <laughs> Man and all these documentaries about really geeky niche things. So yeah. I don't know if it's something that I would – a subscription I would pay for myself. But, you know, for your loved geek in your life, a year subscription to Comic Con channel, that might be a little something you could just uh, digitally just stream right into that stocking. Stream it right into their stocking. Yep. Uh, you know, to speak of like niche documentaries, 
Uh, there's a documentary. Do you remember? Do you remember uh, Showbiz Pizza? I know you oh, didn't yeah. grow up here. Yeah, with the kinda. the the bears and like, yeah, the, the band, the band, uh, Showbiz Rock, band. Rock a Fire Explosion was the name of the band. Was it really? Uh, nice. Yeah, there is a documentary about a dude who's trying to find uh, Rock a Fire, a Rock a Fire Explosion. Like he loves Rock a Fire Explosion, and so he has one, and he's trying to bring it back to life. It's a very a very weird documentary. Wait, but like I really he has it. the animatronic? Yes. He the has whole the band whole, or just like one band. of the guys? Like no, the, mouse. the whole band. That's bad ass. That yes. is awesome. I would have watched it's, that. It's very sad at the same time. It's like super nerdy, very sad. Another one, if, you, if you're looking for a nerdy documentary, Monster Camp is uh, about like a LARPing camp. Like these people go and LARP. Uh like live action role mm-hmm. play in the woods every summer. It is super nerdy. I've seen super. a couple, I've seen like one or two LARPing documentaries. There's a couple out there and it's, it's yeah. sad when they're throwing pouches at each other and being like, 10 hit points. You're dead. <laughs> so to get back, to get back, uh, that was, was that the end of your list? Travis, was that your last one? I got one more. Yeah, one more. Okay, so here's what I do. Uh, I've got two more on my list. I'm going to go, you go, then I go, and we're done uh, with Comic Christmas. Uh, here is what I've got. I've got uh, Shaolin Cowboy, which I love because <laughs> Jeff Darrow is just wonderful. Uh, the next part of Shaolin Cowboy, which I don't have, is Who Will Stop the Rain? And so the one that I have is just him fighting zombies in the middle of the desert with yeah, two yeah, chainsaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's gorgeous. It's oversized. It's hardcover. It's a dark horse book. Uh, the second part of that story is uh, who will stop the rain. Uh, and Jeff Darrow is just so meticulously gory in what he draws. And I just want the book so I can stare at it and go, man, them some pretty dead zombies. <laughs> I want to know who will ever stop the rain, the rain. and the zombies. Uh, uh Little known fact, I'm uh, playing a Christmas party in a cover band, and we are playing that song. So, are you? Yeah, we are. We're a little, What's the name of your CCR. band? Uh, because we're a bunch of teachers, the name of the band is Focus Note Taking, FNT. <gasps> oh, <laughs> dude, I was, here's another, if you ever go to another band, here's another yeah. uh, great teacher band name that I came up yeah. with the other day in class when my printer uh, paper was out. Trey is Empty. Oh, I like it. I like Trey it. Trey is That's Empty. Good. good. Yeah, we're focused note taking. Uh, Cornell <laughs> notes. Those, yeah, Cornell notes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, what's the last thing on your comic book Christmas list? Uh, okay, this is might be no, a wait, surprise. Wait. Let's let's prep your let's prep your stocking. Let's make okay. sure it's ready. For this last thing. R- relax, relax your stocking. What what are we shoving in there? Good. It's, it in there? it's a big one. Okay. Uh, I want the whole set of lock and key. <laughs> It's three years running. It's a, it's like a a, a bound book. It comes in like a bookcase, uh, and I want it has all the volumes in there, and I want that lubed up, real nice, and just shoved right into my stocking. Here's what I know. Here's what I know, Travis. I want I want someone to love you enough to buy you that thing. I want I want someone in your life. Who goes, I have no idea what this damn thing is, but I'm going to buy it for Travis. Because <laughs> he's been saying uh, it for three years. <laughs> we had to wait like, for like five years when it moves from like, it was like 100, now it's like 60. Yeah. It has to move down to like 20. <laughs> I, you know what? Uh, 60 bucks. And that's the thing. Like the, the $60 is a threshold for me that it's hard for me to cross yep. for comic books. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know why. It just really is. Forty just, forty dollars for like yeah. a nerdy thing is a kind of like as high as you almost want to go. Yeah, that's about as high as I'll go is forty, uh, and so that cuts out a lot of stuff for me. Uh, you know what that means though? I have just lots of cheap nerdy stuff. Yeah, I, I don't have too. a I don't have a few good things. I have a lot of cheap things, uh, but that's okay. That's a okay. Few, uh, is that your name of your documentary? A few good yeah. things. Uh, a documentary few. of all yeah. the crap that Josh has collected over the years. A, a bunch of cheap things. That, that's what I've got. Uh, so my last thing on my comic book Christmas list is just a practical man. I've wanted to read this, and I it's been on my thing of like I want to pick that up, but I just haven't. Just a plain old trade that I will probably try to convince you to do on this on the on the show. But then I think we've read too much Jeff Lemire, uh, Black Hammer Volume One uh, by 
Jeff Lemire and Dean Ormstrom, uh, kind of like Jeff Lemire's take on Silver Age comic book characters, mm. uh, Dark Horse comic. Uh, something that I've heard a ton of good stuff about. Oh, for me too. Uh, and it's and it's like you know what I really want to read that. And it's not anything special. Uh, it's like what ten bucks uh, for the for the book, you know. So nothing too crazy. Uh, but that made that made the last bit of my comic book Christmas list. Um, so before we go, hey Josh, before, um, before Bond, uh, hey Punisher, Josh, yeah, I'll read that book with you. I'll read oh, that book with you, Josh. Thank it's you. It's a buddy. Christmas miracle. It's a, I appreciate. God it. bless you, Josh. Every bit of you. God bless us, everyone. Um, so I asked, I asked Gabby, my wife, who's been on the show, my wife, my wife, multiple times, multiple times. I said, "What what nerdy things do you want for Christmas?" And she said that uh, she loves Riverdale. You know, her love for Riverdale mm-hmm. is strong. So she wants to read some Archie that's not lame. Mm. Uh, so she likes she likes some good Archie. You and I almost did Archie the Married Life. We yep. thought about doing that for the podcast. I think I think that would be on the list of stuff to get her. Okay. Uh, and then the nerdy thing that she wants, she's like, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a comic book. Uh, uh, Settlers of Catan, a very nerdy board game, uh, has a a um, a Game of Thrones edition where there's a giant wall and there's walkers that are trying to cross the wall while you're playing Catan with your friends. You have to keep them at bay. Uh, we were going to get it. I was like, oh, no, that's awesome for sure. That looks great. And then I went to the game store, and it just came out, and it's $80. Mm, threshold. Travis Rat. It's my threshold. <laughs> it's over 40 bucks. It's really hard for me to buy something nerdy for over $40. I think, like, a video game, 60 because that's what a video game costs, right? right? A video game is like $60. No matter what decade it is. You know, if yeah. it's like, you know, Mario Brothers in 1986, it's 80 bucks. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, I, I, we will probably buy it because we're just nerds and we'll do it. But uh, I first saw it, and I was like, "Ooh, hey, yeah, uh, ooh, seventy nine, ninety nine. Hmm, I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know." Well, your daughter is getting of the age now where she can start putting some serious money down your Christmas gifts. You know what I'm that's saying? Right. It's, it's are, time to are. give back. No more of these painted "I love you, mom" mugs. It's time to throw right. some cold hard cash down there. You know what she did? You know what she did make me though. Grace, Macaroni necklace. No, she uh, embroidered Ooh. a uh, a picture of her and I as uh, Spider Man and Spider Gwen. Oh, what can't that girl do? She's acting and singing she's, and playing instruments. She's very much yeah. a Renaissance, a Renaissance lady. Uh, so Travis, let's put aside our overflowing stockings. Let's let's give them a rest. They are stretched to the max, stuffed full of nerdy goodies. Mm-hmm. Second half of the show, it's time to talk Punisher. Yeah. I'm feeling my that, stocking, now we've punished our stockings. Yes. We should now uh, talk Punisher. Now it's time to talk Punisher. That's so a, Punisher. Wow, we, the, this is a really tough segue, moving from nerdy Christmas stuff to talking yeah. about, you know, Netflix's most violent uh, ultra, show. ultra violent. So the Punisher is a Netflix series uh, with John Bernthal as uh, Punisher. You've got... Uh, uh, Deborah Ann Wall uh, returning is Karen Page. Um, I don't know who this dude is who played Microchip. And That's I don't uh, think Evan ever... Moss. Yeah, Evan Moss is playing Microchip. Uh, the dude who played... Um... Ben Barnes is playing Billy Russo. Yeah, no, the guy who played uh, the, the crazy, like the other vet um, was from 1122... Oh, I don't know where he's from. He played he played uh, the killer who kills JFK in that Stephen King thing on Hulu. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, you did, dude. Mm-hmm. You love James Franco. How did you not watch? This oh Stephen yeah, King? I did. I watched the first two episodes of where he goes back in time and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super good. You should super it. good. You, fi- you, should, you should finish it. Uh, the dude who plays the the vet who kind of uh, is dealing with some stuff and, and kills too many people uh, is. Um, He's he is in that show with James Franco. Yeah, and its creator uh, is uh, Steve Lightfoot. Yeah, so let's let's talk a little bit about Punisher, Travis. What were your? I'm going to tell you this one snuck up on me. Mm-hmm. I knew it was coming, but I think after kind of like Iron Fist, kind of like just not not doing it for me. And Defenders, Def- Defenders, eh. Defenders, like eh, it was it was okay. Um, I was just kind of like, yeah, Punisher's coming, but I didn't really know when it was coming, and then I saw that it was dropping. Uh, 
so I didn't have, I was like, yeah, I really liked him in, in Daredevil season two, but I didn't know what they were going to do with it. Right. Right. I was curious how they were going to take it. Um, what were you thinking coming into it? Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I really watched any of the teaser trailers for it or anything, like th- anything like that. Although Netflix doesn't really hype those up very much, like the trailers for their shows. Um, and so I really like the Punisher. I like John uh, Bernthal's take on the Punisher um, in Daredevil season two. Uh, I thought yeah. that was those are my favorite moments in that season. Uh, that really kind of held up that season. I mean, that prison scene alone. I mean, come on, man. That yeah, is dude. awesome. And so was I was good. like, cool, man. Like, let's take that character and and just kind of set him th- set him free to do his own thing. So I, but again, after being somewhat let down by Iron Fist and Defenders, I was like, ah, man. If it's the same creative team, they seem to have kind of been slacking a little bit. So yeah, I knew I was going to watch it when it came out, uh, but I didn't have any expectations of really enjoying it uh so i'll put my cards on the table i thought i thought it was i thought it was enjoyable i mean enjoyable is is a very simple way to say it but i wasn't like oh my god this is amazing i probably put it at well we'll save it where we put it in the netflix pantheon of marvel films till the end but um i really enjoyed it I think it's share if I have problems it's the same problems that I that uh I sh- that sh- it shares with Daredevil season 1, Daredevil season 2, Jessica Jones uh is just the length and pacing it's of too things. Long. Yeah. yeah. Uh but I thought that you know he the guy John Bernthal I I could just watch him be Punisher in anything, you know, just have him cameo yeah. as Punisher in like The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones <laughs> and I'm I'm happy. What were your initial I- impressions? I was curious how they were going to do a show by himself because I thought it was so strong as an extra character in uh, in Daredevil. And I think he always plays a good foil for superheroes, mm-hmm. right, yeah. or for heroes. So I really enjoyed that. So I was wondering where they were going to take it for his own solo series. Um, I really liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was uh, – was well-written. I think out of all the series, it probably had the best pacing. I think – um, it had like maybe one episode where it got where there was a kind of a lull, um, but it didn't do the thing that every other Netflix shows kind of had a problem with. Where, except for Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones had one villain the whole time mm-hmm. and didn't really veer off of that. But it should have only been like seven episodes. That thing I, was it, way correct, too long. Correct. Yeah. Um, but I think like what happened in. There weren't. There were a ton of storylines in Daredevil season two. There seemed to be too many things going on in Iron Fist. There were too many things going on, um, and a switch of villain in um, Luke Cage. Luke Cage. This one had a very consistent story, and I think really it could have been any. You didn't have to call it Punisher, and I think I really would have liked it still. I think it was a really good story on its own, and didn't even need like had it not been tagged to that that Punisher storyline. Agreed. It, it would have been a good, it would have been a great Showtime series. You yeah. Know? By focusing on only like a handful of characters and there really only were a handful of yeah. characters in this, you, and, and by giving it 13 episodes, which is a little bit too many, too many, but, but you really cared for these characters. Like yeah. you really like, you really felt for the Punisher. I mean, they really revisited that whole, like, I'm sad. My fucking wife is dead. Uh, yeah. but even, at the beginning, you, you uh, the characters of Micro and Billy Russo, like Billy Russo is a villain, but they spend so much time with him that it really gave that character a chance to develop. You know, uh, yeah. he remind. I thought in Billy Russo, I I I I saw what you know. The thing I liked about Iron Fist was I liked that bad guy, the younger bad guy. There were a couple of them in that one. Yeah, um, yeah. and I thought like that that character was very much like Billy Russo's character in this, but Billy Russo's character was given more time to really develop. Um, And we didn't get the whole... I'm like, I knew that you get into it, and once you realize he's the bad guy, you're like, oh, this is Jigsaw. You know? Like, you're like, someone's gotta be Jigsaw in this. And when they start talking about, like, how pretty his face was, I'm like, oh, that thing's going. I tell you what, at that scene, spoiler alert, when he drags his face across that mirror, I was like, son of a bitch! 
Oh, <laughs> several times, dude. Several times. When it gouges the dude's eyes out with his thumb. There were just there were several scenes in the show where I was like, oh god, oh jeez, oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I agree with you. That could have been anything. Could have just been a story about a guy seeking revenge. Yeah. But there is something badass in those last couple of episodes where he throws on the Punisher flak jacket, yeah. you know, like the yeah. the, the bulletproof Kevlar and shit like that. And like the dark scene where he's through the warehouse. Because there's not a lot of settings in this, you know. There's there's a lot in that warehouse. Um, and then the docks. And then they have that one episode in the woods, which is pretty cool. So I like really the dug drone that scene was really cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the beginning scene, the construction site, you know, that was that was really cool. Um seeing him like restrain himself and you're like, Ooh, do not mess with this dude. Do not like ooh. He will punish you. He eats he very did. small sandwiches for a guy his size, you know? Yeah. He doesn't eat very yeah. big lunch. Where is he getting all that protein to keep his size, you know? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe it's just eggs. Maybe he eats a lot of eggs. Tiny in the sandwiches. Tiny sandwiches, a lot of eggs. That dude got shot a bunch of times. Yes. <laughs> he did get shot a bunch. Um, I I really liked it. I thought all the characters were really good. Um, I really liked the dude who played uh, Rollins. I thought he was really mm-hmm. good. Uh, because at first he seems pretty, like, he seems like a nobody. And the, and the first scenes you see him in, when uh, Punisher punches him in the face and messes up his eye, gives him the wonky eye. Right. But later, dude, like, when he's with that scene where he's torturing the Punisher, you're like, man, that dude's crazy. Yeah, he's dude's just, gross. He's, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. What do they call um, him? Really, Agent I, Orange? Yeah. I really, I really liked the whole thing. I thought it was really well done. Uh, all the characters were really good. And like I said, there was the one – it took a veer where it followed um, – uh, Lewis, right? The the one, the other vet mm-hmm. who kind of wanted to join this ultra military thing. who started blowing stuff up with the with the um, like the IEDs and stuff like that. Um, that was your one veer, but it was good. I I think sometimes in some of these shows they take way too long on this B plot, right? And that B plot was good and resolved and happened in a way that like. It led to something. It led to Punisher being found out that he was still alive. Right, yeah. And, right? and the way that character meets his demise is pretty emotional, too, because you spend enough time with him. And that even though he's the yeah. bad guy, you're like, man, you feel bad for this kid. Yeah, and then uh, it ends with uh, Punisher getting a giant piece of metal in his arm for, like, a whole <laughs> another episode until he rips that bad boy out. Um Dude, he gets the crap beat out of him oh, this whole he, show. Like bullets, just like when he gets shot. It, after a while, you don't. It, it doesn't even have an effect on you as an audience. You're just like, oh, he's fine. Yeah, he's shot again. He's all right. He's um, I really liked it. I, I I thought it was good. I thought the acting was good. I really enjoyed. Uh, I think, like I said, I think it had the best pacing in mm-hmm. a while for a show. Even though 13 episodes gets a little long, it didn't have a really bad lull. There's a couple of them that hit a place in the middle where you're like, good God. There was never an episode I wanted to skip. The first couple episodes were a little slow. I will give it that. Um, they were a little a little pluggy. At, mm. And then they would hit a peak at the end of the episode, and you're like, you sons of bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, next fine. Episode. Got me. Yeah, next I'm going to watch another episode. Uh, they're, they're doing a really good job at that. Uh, and Amber Rose you- Revna is a freaking smoke show, man. Yes. So, smoke show in that. I put it number two. I put Daredevil season number one, number one, Punisher uh, number two. Uh, I really liked Daredevil season two. And Jessica Jones, I had issues with watching, but looking back, like I really love the Purple Man. That dude was just so great. Yeah. That, that, that That's probably, I would say, Daredevil season two and Jessica Jones fight for the third spot. I'd have to agree with you. I think that's where mine is at. Um I liked the beginning of Luke Cage, and then it lost me when they killed uh, what's his name, uh, Copperhead, one of those snake names. Yeah, yeah. When they killed Copperhead, I was like, oh well, then you just lost me, man. Yeah, uh, they but killed the best actor I, in the show. <laughs> right, it was so good. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you. I think it's probably uh, uh, Daredevil season one, Punisher, Daredevil season two, and then Jessica Jones for me. That's that's probably where they fall. Um, I really liked it. I'm looking forward to it. You asked me a question. You said, where would you like it to go next? And so mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you first, where do you, where do you want him to take Punisher, uh, episode, uh, volume or season two? Well, I wish I had more specifics about it, but I didn't, I didn't get to think 
as long and hard as I wanted to. Um, you know, so much of the, uh, you know, like Garth Ennis, Punisher, or Punisher in comic books, it's, you know, the Punisher versus the Mafia, like the underground, right? Yeah. This was yeah. more like espionage. Not, I don't want to say quite like James Bond espionage, but it's like government, like very much in the war, taking down corrupt government. Uh, yeah. So it was really tough was seeing weird, him take down place. soldiers, you know, like I thought that was a weird place to take it. But, yeah, you know, I, th- I thought like it, it makes it hard to like, you know, he's just killing all these random MPs, military police on these base installations, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. And just taking out these people who are just doing their duties. So that was a little bit weird. So I would probably like to see it take it into the underground world and kind of like what they did in Punish the second Punisher movie, Punisher War Journal, um, yeah. uh, where it's just like, you know, smacking crime bosses around. I mean, you have that... I don't, I don't want it to cross into Daredevil and those other things too much. I don't want it to cross into Defenders. Yeah. But I think with the Kingpin already set up as controlling like the mafia and him yeah. missing and then this kind of mafia war starting uh i think that there's some room to kind of do some more street level just really getting violent with some mafiosos i do like the idea of like uh the government kind of owes like he might owe the government a favor now mm-hmm. right like they gave him a new identity they kind of are letting him off i kind of like the idea of uh punisher for hire Right. Oh, like yeah, yeah, they yeah. like the government has them do some what they can't do in America. Right. Like take out these same thing. Like we want you to take out these drug lords. We want you to take out these mafioso guys, these these underground guys. But he's working for he's working for the government. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that would work. I kind of like the idea you get to keep some of the same characters. He could he could be working for what's her name for Homeland Security. Right. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Um, the. uh, uh God, what was her name? You just said her name. Dina. Dina uh, is the character's yeah. name, Amber Rose. Yeah. Uh, I think that'd be a good way to do it. Like, he's kind of working for her um, and taking out these, like, doing some Homeland Security stuff. Uh, maybe – I don't I don't want to do the terrorist game because I think that's too cliche. Yeah. Um, but I do like the idea of, like, cleaning out some drug bosses and stuff like that. And Well, and- yeah. I want to – visually, I want to see John Bernthal as the Punisher in the jungle somewhere. Like, that would be cool. Like, busting up some, like, drug lords in, like, South America. Columbia. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. At least a couple episodes where he's got to go, like, deep in the jungle. You have him with his, like, Vietnam-esque gear on and, like, kind of like that. Just giant guns. Yeah. Yeah. Predator I'm style. With you. I think it'd be good. I think it'd be good. He'd be good uh, in the Predator remake. John, Ber- yeah. uh, John Bernthal. Yeah, he could. He could yeah. do it. Get to the chopper. <laughs> So, uh, really, one last thing about Punisher. Uh, I think he said nothing that entire first episode. I think he says, like, three full lines that first episode. He doesn't like a hipster beard either. He doesn't like hipster beards. And it was great. He says, like, nothing that first episode. It was fantastic. He was so good. But yet he says everything. Everything. He says everything with them eyes and that broken nose he's got. So, uh, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. We hope you – you got some uh, some good ideas uh, for if you want to shove some stuff in our stockings or you want to shove some stuff in your own stockings. We got some lists for you. Hopefully, you'll check out the books we talked about. Hopefully, we'll check out the books we talked mm-hmm. about so we don't have to ask for the same things every year. Uh, but uh, – <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thanks for tuning in. You can find all of our old episodes at uh, ComicExposure.com, so www.ComicExposure.com. You can follow us on Twitter at ComicExposure. You can follow Travis on Instagram where? That's Jurassic Rats. Is it Jurassic Rats now? I thought it was Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. That's what it is. <laughs> you don't even know your own Twitter, your own handle. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram at Jurassic Park. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Josh Broccoli, or is it Jay Broccoli? I don't know. It's one of those two. You, can find <laughs> you don't even know your own Instagram handle. <laughs> I don't. Even know I don't. Uh, if you sad. went on to the website the last uh, week, uh, I apologize. It was down, unbeknownst to me, but it is back up and running, and all the episodes are there for your enjoyment. Yeah, you, you can you can uh, you can 
go and check out all those episodes. We are up there. Remember, we're going to have some t-shirts coming out. Uh, later this month, we are doing our comic book club on Image Comics, Hadrian's Wall. Mm. We're going to have uh, yeah, a favorite guest back on, Freddie Pingle is going to be on. Uh, uh, our our big uh, big friend Freddie is going to be on to talk about uh, this sort of space noir murder mystery uh, mm-hmm. that we're going to be doing. Uh, then in January, I just got my copy of Dark Phoenix Saga in the mail, so uh, we're doing uh, we're going to first episode. We're going to do a variant edition. We're going to go back and watch some nineties. And then we're going to read Dark Phoenix Saga. Uh, and uh, it's just going to be an X-Men month, dude. I'm pretty excited to spend a little time with uh, with my Merry Mutants um, and next month. So thanks for tuning in, guys. We call it the X-Month. And, yeah, X-Month. X-Month. Uh, and you know what, guys? Travis and I, we'll see you next trade. <laughs>